Hello and welcome back to another episode of the New Player Podcast, where each week I introduce my friend Jose to a new video game. That's Jose. What's up? And I'm your host, William Barrios. This week we'll be taking a look at Stardew Valley with Camila Salas. Hello, Camila. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so you chose Stardew Valley, and I'm really glad that you did, because it's pretty different from any game that we've played on the podcast so far. Awesome. But what is your relationship with not only Stardew, but like video games in general and what you what made you choose Stardew? So I didn't start playing video games until I was in high school and I was definitely the type of gamer for a while where I was mostly playing with a bunch of boys and they were like, oh, like you're the girl, you can't be the best. <laughs> so I was really like down about video games for a long time until I finally got my own systems in my house and started playing like games like Stardew and realized like, wait, there's other games like that aren't like COD or like shooters that yeah. I can just like be immersed in and have a good time with and not have to like fight people on. And that was my journey to becoming a gamer myself. Um, what was your other question? What made you choose Stardew? Well, I um, guess that partially answers yeah, it. Yeah, so I chose Stardew because um, when I started playing it, it was one of the summers that I was home from college, and it was just a game that I found myself playing deep into the hours of the night with all the lights off, just big on the TV, and just, like, chilling, relaxing, and having oh, a yeah. fun time. So it's been one of my favorite games since I picked it up. It is such a chillin' game. It mm -hmm. is such a laid-back, kind of, like, no-stress kind of game. Well, actually, it has a lot of stress. I guess that depends <laughs> on the way that you play it. Depending on where you find yourself, you can be very stressed, yes. And it just had its seven-year anniversary. You sent me that uh, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, last week was the seven-year anniversary of yeah. Stardew Valley. Pretty Love exciting. It. Love to see it. So we're, we're going to dive into a little bit of the context behind this game, but I wanted to check in with you, Jose, because... Uh, and this is what I wanted to put you on the spot about. So for this game, so kind of a behind the scenes about the podcast in general, Jose doesn't have any consoles on his own, which is, you know, part of the reason that video games have kind of been a barrier to you. Yeah. Um, so we'll usually come over, we'll play for a couple hours, and then we'll start recording the podcast. Mm -hmm. So for Stardew, I lent you my Switch to see if you would have any desire to kind of like play the game uh, during the week. Did you touch the Switch? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Which is part of what I wanted to ask you about, because the idea of games being like a kind of you're into them or you aren't, mm -hmm. was it just a, I know you're also a very busy person, was it a busyness thing or if it was a lack of interest, what do you think was just the not really pulling you in? For the most part, I was busy, but then yesterday I had more of a like relaxed kind of day and I looked at it <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think I'm going to watch Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Got you. So <laughs> yeah, but. I don't know. I feel like the first time since we played it, uh, the last time we, we kicked it, mm -hmm. I didn't really... It wasn't too, like, interesting to me. The game itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I told you uh, before today, like, if I w even if I would have played it, I would have never gone as far as I did in the past couple hours. Yeah. Uh, but now that I played it more, I'm a little more into it, for sure. Do you think if it was, like, a... Let's say Mortal Kombat. That was... You mm -hmm. were really high on that one last time. Do you think if it was a Mortal Kombat... Would there have been any, I guess, opportunity, whether it was with your roommates or anything like that, do you think you would have turned it on? Or do you think it still would have been like, no, I just would have wanted to watch Star Wars? What I'm kind of getting at is, has there been any change over the course of the podcast of feeling like video games are a waste of time? Or does it feel like it might be something that you genuinely want to do? Uh, for this one, it was more of a, an interest thing. It was just like, it's maybe if it was a different video game, I would have. Okay. But again, I've I had only played it for an hour, so Stardew in particular is such a deep, like specific game. I didn't really get into so 
kind of a background on, on my background with uh, Stardew Valley is I got it when the Switch first came out because I think the console port was maybe like 2017-ish around when the Switch came out. And I got it. I played it for a little bit and I did not connect with it for whatever reason. Yeah, it's a really, really slow burn, especially if you're not someone who's accustomed to video games, let alone storytale type video games, because while there is a lot to do, um, the beginning really, you really have to like get accustomed to all the tools where things are. And then you have all these characters talking at you for a long time. So if yeah. you're not I used to that. I think that's what turns me off about this game. Yeah. Although like... It might sound lazy, but like all the reading you have to do for it, I just like I just want to play this game, you know. It's overwhelming. When I first it got it, that's so I I started this game. I didn't touch it for years, and then picked it back up for this episode. And it's so overwhelming. But now I have to say, I fucking love this game. That's good. Yeah, I, I know you didn't get as uh, as far into it, um, mm-hmm. but holy shit, I love this game. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the context about Stardew Valley. It was released in 2016 for Windows. It was originally going to be called Sprout Valley. I oh, I didn't know about that. The name, yeah. So the genre is kind of like simulation, role-playing, and cozy. Camila, can you tell us a little bit about cozy games? How would you define a cozy game? A cozy game is a game where, like... In an ideal situation, it's raining outside, you have a cup of tea or some hot cocoa, Mm. you're in your comfiest jammies, you got warm socks on, like, nobody is talking to you or trying to ask you any questions, you're just sitting there and you're like, I'm gonna pick some turnips, and I'm gonna find a new friend, and you just, like, run around in the wilderness, do whatever you please, being warm and soft, that's that's cozy game for me absolutely yeah Yeah. this is a game where it is kind of whatever you want to make of it and early on i was saying like yeah you can like form relationships with people in the town you can get to meet him and you were very much like no fuck that i just want to make money (laughs) (laughs) which is totally valid that's totally valid way to play the game but yeah before we get into that uh the format is open world sandbox ish but it's really just a farming and almost a dating sim kind of simulator um it's not one in a series but it's been continually updated by eric barone also known as concerned ape which is the sole creator anytime people talk about stardew they have to talk about concerned ape he made it on his own the music the programming the art design uh, everything was on his and he uh, still updates it on insane. his own oh, wow. for all platforms so Damn. insane yeah, yeah. He, he, did he make all the multiplayer stuff on his own as well he did and that's a reason why it took so long to get mobile and why um the switch version was really so late because he's been working out those tweaks with nintendo and for mobile himself gotcha yeah yeah i scrolled through his twitter and it's all just patch notes yeah. it's all just that must be such it's, it is his baby such a full-time job yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so this came out, uh, like I said, in 2016. Some other games that came out in 2016 were Overwatch, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Dark Souls 3, Doom, the reboot, and Pokemon Go. Other consoles that came out that year were the PlayStation 4 Pro, the PlayStation 4 Slim, and the Xbox One S, and also the Switch was announced, but it didn't come out till the next year. VR was still on the rise around this time. By 2016, there were 230 companies developing VR-related products, including Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Sony, and Samsung. So this was definitely VR's like moment. In terms of video games, like uh, in the rest of the world, there, there was more conversation about them being in the Olympics, which is a conversation that's still going on. The Dota International Championships had a prize of $20 million, so video games are getting more and more just kind of legitimized. And then, yeah, there's still conversation about microtransactions in video games around this time, especially with apps marketed to kids. There was a big conversation about just the ethics of marketing little like gyms and stuff that you have to pay real money for to get stuff out of. 
So real quick, this is Jack Black on the Tonight Show talking about his son being marketed towards with microtransactions. There's Sammy. No, Sammy is, is eight. What's Sammy into now? Sammy's super into uh, apps. This one game he just discovered, and the thing is, they get you because it's like the app is for free. But then I'm just checking my emails one day, and there's 30 emails of like receipts for this app, and it's in-app purchases where they get you. And it's this dumb game where you got like monsters and stuff, and every monster you got to buy it, and you need to buy like diamonds Food. and jewels, and uh, it costs 99 cents for a diamond. But of course, my boy, he doesn't know. He's just like, I'm gonna get the big sack of diamonds. <laughs> it's a hundred bucks a throw. A hundred bucks. This game is designed for children. It's marketed to children. Yeah. And then there's a hundred dollar thing in app. <laughs> and there's 30. Okay, do the math. There's like 30 receipts on my computer. So it's like, it's over. It's well over a thousand. Yeah. It's like three thousand. So yeah, that conversation is getting more and more attention on it. And it's just so fucked. Things being marketed to kids. I remember around this time, too, there were a lot of, like, fucked up things hidden in games. There would be, like, this, like, oh, little kid uh, phone or something. And then it got, like, really dark. Like, it was, like, trying to scare the kid or something. Like those YouTube videos that exactly. would, like, make kids scared of going to bed at night. Yeah. Like, this creature's gonna come out at me, Mom. <laughs> just so nasty. I've never heard of that. Really great. Yeah, the one that I... The only one that I saw Mama. was... Mamo. Uh, which one? Mamo. The one, one. the one with the big hollow black eyes. No, what is that? Oh, I, I would tell you to YouTube it, but I don't know if you want to YouTube it. I don't know if I do. <laughs> it's very creepy. <laughs> what is it? It's like a it's, kid's it's thing that gets dark? It's one of those things. It's like one of those YouTube videos that got in the algorithm of the children's videos and just made kids scared. And it's like this like hag lady with like, she's all white and she has really black hollow eyes. Play that like, <laughs> okay, let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. Oh, I have seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. like Aaron to remember us her. A picture right now. <laughs> yeah, the one that I saw was this woman. She posted a video of her kid got like a Lightning McQueen game. And if you kept tapping on Lightning McQueen, he would say different things. But the more that you tapped, the darker the things oh, got. No. So it would start being like, grab a knife, like kill your parents. It would start being all this stuff. Oh and the gosh. mom was recording it being like, I don't know what my kid's downloading on his iPad. Like this is... Like, you can make your iPad's settings kid-only, but that thing was approved for kid-only. And so it's just more, more and more attention what is getting fuck? on that in video games in 2016. Um, and we just had Gamergate, like we talked about in the last episode. The repercussions of that are still happening. But Stardew has no controversy. Stardew. Stardew's a sweet little baby angel. <laughs> Stardew is just all positivity. And uh, yeah, so let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Jose, what are some of your first impressions of Stardew Valley? When we first played it, I wasn't not into it. Uh, it also kind of reminded me of a game I used to play on. on a, it was like Facebook. It was uh, Dragon City. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Where you like grow the dragons from the and I used I was, I was obsessed with that game. <laughs> uh, so it reminded me of that a little bit. But then the whole talking and the reading, <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh man, this is not might just not be yeah. like for me. Yeah, because I remember that was something that you didn't really like in Metal Gear Solid too. Was yeah. the amount that you have to yeah, yeah, yeah. converse with the other characters and stuff. Well, today, as you were getting more into it, it was more optional whether or not you interact with those characters. There were some triggered cutscenes that we mm -hmm. came across, but in terms of the farming, you went into the mines a little bit, you harvested your crops and stuff. How did it feel just in the... Because this game is kind of like giving yourself chores. How did this game feel in that sense? I like that it 
it changes frequently though. Okay. Uh, I thought it was all gonna be about the farming, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like clear out the area. But then the more I got into it, and then we got to the mines, and now you're fighting creatures and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, this game's kind of like evolving. It's not like, you, like you said, you can do your own thing. Like whatever you choose to do, you can do that. Right. Uh, even with, like with the fishing and stuff. So I definitely enjoyed that more of this game for sure. So for something like, is it Dragon City, mm-hmm. Dragon Quest? What draws you to a game like that? Uh, I don't know if I'd play it now, uh, <laughs> but as a kid, I remember it was just being able to grow the creatures. And then you, like, the more you fed them, you had to, like, I can't remember what you had to do. You had to, like, clear out an island first, and then you'd get, like, a certain kind of dragon. I feel like just having that, like, variety of things and just the clearing out of things, I don't know why I liked. I totally Even in this you. game. The satisfaction. Yeah, I, I was just like, I just want to clear out the entire area. Yeah. It was, I in middle school, I used to be really big on uh, Clash of Clans, too. And that's what okay. I like to do as well. Yeah, like, but, building up your kind of base yeah, was that yeah, the satisfaction? Yeah. yeah. I totally feel that, so. Yeah, I've been uh, kind of recently playing through Far Cry 6, and what I love about the Far Cry games is it's just a map of, like, red enemies, and you just slowly clear the map. Hmm. And it's I've realized over the years that the kind of game that I like is pretty much a checklist of just, like, things to do. And Stardew Valley is perfect for that. Yeah. But what about you? What, what draws you to Stardew Valley, Camila? Um, I like how I've probably played over 300 hours. I think I have, like, six active games, nice. and I've never Damn. completed the game. Oh I've gosh. never gotten to the finish line. <laughs> I've just restarted, and I like how every single time I restart a farm or have a new one, it's completely different because there's different land options. Um, so my very first one, I did the standard farm and like sort of took the path that you did, mm-hmm. but there was one where I picked the monster farm, and at a certain time of day, if you're just chilling in your farm, creatures start spawning. That's cool. Um, so that gets oh, you on your really toes really cool. a little sooner, and you yeah. have to find weapons faster, so you can really change your gameplay based on how you start in the beginning and it oh, affects wow. your whole experience so every single time you play your game it can be something holy new shit and fun. damn yeah so monsters you mean mm-hmm. start spawning mm-hmm. so damn. sort of like in the mines how there's like levels of different types of creatures that you come across those will just sprout out of the ground shit. or like, like the little fly slime onto guys your farm and stuff? yeah oh wow the yeah. quiet place yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much the game itself like the core game has changed since it was released like how many of his updates have really reshaped the game it's hard to say i feel like there was a point where he maybe added more dateable npcs or made um the options wider for who you could romance um a lot of them have just been like patches to make the game easier to play but i think he's probably added more items and more customization options i feel like um but again, it's hard to say, too, because it's a game that's really modded also. And not just oh. with, like, there's physical mods that you can add to make the game look the way you want, but there's also complete storylines that people have built out. Oh, wow. So if you want to go in and add a completely different community of NPCs with different plot lines, that's also something you can do if you've played through it so many times where you're looking for a, a completely new experience. Those are available, That's too. sick. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about modding. I had never gotten into it. And Camila showed me how to mod for Stardew Valley, and it was the first time I'd ever modded. So you, like, run the game through a different, like, uh, startup software, I guess. Yeah, there's an application called Smappy, and it opens up the source coding. And it sort of gives you, like, a a go-between step where you can alter it yourself without completely crashing and messing up your game um and so through that like little coding helper you can like find codes to tweak it so you're basically just like hacking into the game 
pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. It's, without exaggeration, <laughs> so fucking cool. So you can so, do that with any game? Yeah. Really? I think pretty much. There, are, I think there are some games where there's limitations, but people mod the hell out of Minecraft. They mod Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, they mod Skyrim. Skyrim. Skyrim's, Skyrim's a big a, one. Yeah. People what about love a game like uh, the Telltale games, like The Walking Dead? I'm not sure about that. That'd be cool. I can't definitively say, but I know that people do some really silly things. Like um, sometimes people will take the horror games where like shit pops up at you and they'll like make it Shrek or something instead <laughs> of a monster so there's a lot of possibilities for modding yeah and they're often really goofy like i saw a skyrim one where just thomas the tank engines keep falling from the yeah, sky that's a really and popular one <laughs> okay, I've seen yeah okay. yeah red red dead is a big one that's a lot all of rockstar say, ones that's all you had to say thomas thomas <laughs> Day, it's the link dun, dun, to everything dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there's the there's a popular one going around right now of gta where it's harry potter on a broom and everyone's saying it's hogwarts legacy people are but, modding hogwarts too <laughs> oh, it's, it's silly and you can do like expelliarmus but it like blows somebody's head off because it's yeah. gta yeah <laughs> that's cool um but yeah a little little bit more about uh, Eric Barone, the developer. So he is Stardew Valley's sole designer, programmer, animator, artist, composer, and writer. Uh, he had practiced basic programming but did not consider making video games as a career. He was unable to find employment after graduating college. So he made uh, Stardew Valley initially just to practice programming C Damn. sharp. That's his practice sharp. run. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> C++, plus plus, is that it? The pound sign? Oh, uh, the Sharp, uh, <laughs> the, pro- the programmers out there are furious. I'm gonna say C sharp, knowing that it's wrong. But he planned to put the game out uh, just for as like a resume builder, which is insane. Uh, he was inspired by uh, Harvest Moon, which is pretty similar to this game. It's like a far- mm-hmm. uh, farming sim. He worked ten hours a day, seven days a week for four and a half years. I'm sure not that consistently. But he put insane hours to get this done. There were parts of it, of course, where he was just sick of Stardew Valley. But then he started realizing that it was something that could really get out there. Um, he was supported by his girlfriend. I think she had to, like, work doubles or something just to, like, pay the bills and stuff. Oh, my gosh. And talk about believing in somebody <laughs> where For you're just real. like, I'm making a video game. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then it actually turns out to be a major hit. But I'm sure at the time she was like... Is this going to work? I don't know. I mean, like, she, she got to him. see the wholesome little seed be born. So That's maybe true. she, like, saw the potential and was like, no, no, no. It's beautiful. You must continue. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Stardew Valley is as much owed to that girlfriend as it is to Eric It has Eric to be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. She made it work. And then he's he's still doing stuff. He's got a new game coming out. Is it Chocolate Tear? Haunted Chocolate Tear. Haunted Chocolate. Yeah, Chocolate that's, that's his new baby. He's working on. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got some cool projects. He worked with a uh, All Vase. I don't know if it's pronounced All Vase or Always for a song that they have out right now called Mini Mirrors. He animated a music video for them. Um, so he's got some cool projects going on. But we're gonna dive in a little bit more into the specifics of the game when we come back after a little break. We'll be right back. On the new player podcast. And we're back. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the story and the mechanics of this game. So the main character and the goal, I mean, it's all going to be player dependent. The main character, you know, the idea is that you inherit a plot of land from your, your grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. As they're dying. And then the grandfather will actually check back in with you three years into your farm and see. He just judges you, right? He just says, like, how you're doing. I've never actually gotten there, but really? I think so, yes. I think he comes back. I don't know if he gives you anything. I don't know if he has any, like, sweet words for you, um, but he does return. Wait, is he not dead? No, he's he, dead. He's dead. 
He returns as a ghost. There's magic, remember? (laughs) (laughs) So what point do you usually, uh, do you find that you're restarting Stardew Valley I think my original farm I played two years in. And I don't think I stopped because I was bored. I just was plugging too many hours and I was going back to school. Mm. Um, It was after summer break. Um, I wasn't working that time in college, so I just had an open summer without any activities and then had to go back in the fall, so I had to put it down. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. I, whenever, I remember when the Minecraft beta um, was first released, my friend was like, there's this new thing called Minecraft. And that was, like, the most that I had ever played of Minecraft. And it was always so fun to start fresh. Like building something up and building something was fun but i feel like stardew valley would be similar where it's fun to set off it's fun to get started yeah i feel like um when i went back to it again i chose to restart my farm because i was so proud of the farm that i first started and because i didn't remember where i was i didn't want to jump in and mess it up Mm. so that's why i started a completely new one because i was like okay like i'm a little foggy i don't completely remember every single thing i don't want to slip on my relationships with the characters because i had done a really good job like not missing any birthdays and giving them all the right presents um so i figured like "Mm, i can pick a new type of farm and just like have a different experience instead of like touching the one that i valued most did you have a favorite npc that you went back to or did you try something different every time like the the dateable npcs Mm -hmm. um the first in my first game i think i married alex and that really upset me um because every time you when you marry an npc they they move into your house and they bring their stuff with them as like real relationships do and when alex moved into my home it turned into a gym and i was really <laughs> upset that there was weights all over i had made it so cute god that's damn. a perfect meme for him yeah so the next time i think i decided to romance sebastian which was a lot cooler for me because he's a musician and i was like oh there's like nice. there's like <laughs> guitars and drum sets in my house and that was cooler for me <laughs> Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you uh, while me and Camila uh, hopped on co-op a little bit and uh, I've been trying to romance Abigail and I was saying that I think part of the attraction is that she's a really big bitch. She's mean. Something about how hard to to get that she plays and she eats rocks for some reason. (laughs) Wait, wait, how did you, did you gift her a rock? I gifted her some quartz and she was like, how did you know I was hungry? Oh my goodness. Okay. But maybe she's just she's a little she's missing a few <laughs> screws out there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Penny was also the other NPC that I was kinda interested in. She's like the bookish one. Mm-hmm. Um but Jose, yeah, so would you be interested, do you think, in any kind of like relationship aspects of the game, or is that just not for you? No, I think so. I think the more like I'd get into this game, the more I'd be like like just do everything you know sure yeah Uh, but yeah i I think i would yeah yeah i think starting out i was the same way where it was because also the game throws so much at you that Mm -hmm. you kind of just want to understand at least one thing i just want to focus on one thing at a time yeah Yeah, and there's 12 eligible bachelors so you have like a wide (laughs) pool to choose from and there's no gender restrictions so you could just do you (laughs) i the main review i saw in the steam store was the main negative review i saw was that you can't date the moms so i think that's the only (laughs) people (laughs) off limits to you that's where modding comes in (laughs) 
And what your mods were they were like furry mods. I didn't mean to do that. So how do you actually <laughs> create all mods? say I don't have any disrespect to the furry community. I'm just not a part of it. Okay. Um I added a mod that made the character pictures more detailed and while I was adding that mod I found another mod that was like, oh, you can have like fairies and mermaids and stuff on your farm. And I was like, freaking sick. I would like to have some of those. But I didn't know that it wasn't all fairies and mermaids. And there was actually just a bunch of different creatures. So my character popped up on screen. Well, not my character. An NPC popped up. And they had a tail and ears, and I was really confused because I was playing co-op with Will, and his characters looked normal, and I was like, whoa! And he didn't have that reaction when he saw the NPC that I saw, and I realized that I added something I didn't mean to, but you can do a lot. There's a lot you can do there. I was like, yeah, it looks like a guy, and then I saw yours, and I was like, oh. That is something different. And wasn't your house, didn't you make it look like Shrek Swamp or something? Or maybe that was inadvertent. I was going for a hobbit. Hole, uh-huh. but it yeah after you said that it looked like shrek swamp it did look more like <laughs> shrek swamp <laughs> but it yeah, made all the little damn, houses look Will. like little mushrooms we, we teamed up and i just <laughs> i was like fuck it does look like a swamp now <laughs> no camilla's and i really liked how all of your uh houses were modded to look kind of like toadstools and, and that stuff. was totally random that was like cool. one of them was just like a little like a little like rock type thing and another was a mushroom <laughs> just a variety that was sick yeah Um, But yeah, so the main character, you create yourself. The idea of the game is that you're given their plot of land in this place called Pelican Town and that you take over their farm and you meet the other people. The goal is to grow crops, raise livestock, fish, cook, mine, forage, and socialize with the townspeople, including the ability to marry and have children. End game is loosely to either help the Junimos, which are spirits, creatures? Yeah, they're... they're I'd call them spirits before calling them creatures um, because you don't, only you can see them after you go through certain quests. Um, One of the NPCs helps you get an ability that um, lets you like understand them and like that's sort of, yeah, the wizard. Okay. So there's a lot more to this game than I thought. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fucking in depth. So you can either help these Studio Ghibli uh, characters restore the community center, or you can purchase all the town repairs from Jojo Mart, which I was telling you is like the Walmart kind of like full capitalism kind of route. And then after three years, your grandfather's ghost visits you to judge you. But ultimately, it's an open-ended game. So it's just whenever you're done with it, then you can kind of step away. So I want to talk a little bit about the story. I guess my first question is like, did you care? Like, did you care about the town, the community at all? You got a very kind of brief look at it but just in terms of even the small stuff like the art style did it did it make you want to you did see the community center you you even tried to repair the community center at one Mm -hmm. point did did it draw you in in terms of like a story sense it did okay uh i found that like super interesting especially for this game i didn't imagine all that going into this game no disrespect to anyone yeah Uh, oh yeah but I don't know. Like the graphics are, I, I'm still like getting used to them a little bit because I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but that, it's like it's what makes this game. You know, like that. That's part of it. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, I, I did really enjoy that part. Yeah. Yeah. We. I feel like we need to have all episode where we talk about graphics because mm-hmm. I find that really interesting with just like how immersed you can get in a game, how realistic. It's the, the same with comic are. books, though. Like if if I'm if I don't like the art. I I'm, I don't think I'd, I'm gonna pick up the uh, yeah pick up the, uh, the the comic book. I feel like that makes sense. Um, you having a hard time with the eight bit style, being that you're coming into video games at an older age, yeah. 
because um, when I was talking about this with my boyfriend, Joe, recently, but uh, there was a game that was a favorite of his on the Wii. And we went back and played it um, more recently, like this past year. And he was like, wow, this looks like shit. But when I was a kid, this was like the yeah. coolest game ever. And it right. looked like the, the most beautiful game I had ever seen. And just like when you grow up with like the mm-hmm. little tiny like like dots on the screen and you're mag like you're you're excited by that that it's easier to return to it than Mm -hmm. when you're just starting to like test it out and i was gonna ask you because you said you got uh into video games like at a later like in high school right yeah so what made you like what drew you into video games um probably pokemon yeah um Mm. because i uh made friends with someone who that was like his favorite game of all time and he had played every single one and he was really down to just walk me through learning pokemon and he helped me pick up platinum and i started playing that and um i guess because of his willingness to like really teach me everything and help me become good at it i was like oh there's there's more games like this that i can explore myself and that's when i started picking up other games too okay were you a big pokemon go player I was. I was. I was one of those people running around in the middle of the night, like, <laughs> screaming for Pokemon, like, when Pokemon Go dropped. So, the, 2016 was really the year of gaming for me, Stardew and Pokemon Go. Yeah. yeah. I, I was traveling uh, when Pokemon Go really blew up. Uh, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but I was uh, I was doing, like, a gap summer kind of thing, and I was in, I think, like, Bruges or something. And I didn't know what Pokemon Go was. And I just like looked up in this park I was sitting at and everybody was on their phones <laughs> sprinting in the same direction. And I was like, is this the end of the world? <laughs> is this fucking like, is this the last thing I see before the bombs drop? And it was Pokemon Go. It was a oh, fucking, gosh. it was an event. That must have been trippy. It was very, <laughs> and then I learned about it and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not that into Pokemon anyway. But, but Pokemon Go is... I wish I was a Pokemon fan just to experience kind of like it was nuts the event that Pokemon Go was. Yeah, you were was telling nuts. me about it while we were playing co-op that yeah. it was like, can you retell that story of you on the pier? Because <laughs> that's fucking insane. Yeah. So um, when Pokemon Go was at its height, um, a lot of people in Southern California were going to the Santa Monica Pier and the Long Beach shoreline to do their hunting. And... Everyone showed up pretty much in the same garb, like sports clothes on. You could tell that people were playing Pokemon Go because they'd have a phone and a portable charger. (laughs) And like it got, people got so into it, they were selling merch. So people had the hats on for the teams they were playing for. Oh, at the beach they were selling merch? Yeah, like mothers and fathers would come and cook and have like little food stands out because there was so many people. And it would happen in the middle of the night because everybody would be off work. Like um, the regular townspeople were gone, whatever. Um, so there was a a time that my friends and I went to the Santa Monica Pier and we were out that night probably until 4.30 in the morning at the Santa Monica Pier hunting for Pokemon and we were looking for the rare ones which would spawn in the ocean like rare water Pokemon and so the way that it would work is someone would would yell out that they found a Pokemon um, by using this like a separate attachment app where it showed you spawns before they came up on the map and it showed you them far away so you could get to them on time to get them on your pokemon go mm-hmm. so we caught a bunch that night and we sort of had a lull we were sitting on the pier and i was i was waiting for the app to refresh and i saw something spawn and i was like that looks like a lapras 
uh, which is like a big like Nessie type Pokemon. Like it's super cool. You can ride on it in the games. It's epic. Yeah. So I, I showed my friend and he's like, that, that's a Lapras. And I was like, it's a Lapras. And the people next to us like heard us whispering and he was like, yell, yell for it. It's, it, it's here. We got to go. And I was like, Lapras <laughs> tilted my head back, screamed it. And we all start running towards the Lapras and we're running off the pier onto the beach. And I was with a group of guys. They all ran way faster than me. They were all ahead of me and they turned back to check on me and they yell, Camila, don't stop running and don't look behind you. And I turned <laughs> and you could hear the hundreds of feet stomping on the pier and there were hundreds of people behind us running after us to get the Lapras That's just so like we crazy. were. And we just had to, we had to get there on time before it disappeared. It was wow. nuts and we all caught it, but it was like... It was crazy. That's so wild. People would hop Damn. into properties that were like no trespassing zones. People got arrested hopping into properties. Wow. It's crazy. Holy Man. fuck. Yeah, it was that, very fun. What it was a, a fun time. summer. Wow. <laughs> what a time to be a Pokemon fan. Yeah. That seems so fun. Gosh. <laughs> um, real quick, Steam review uh, of this game. I asked a girl to dance with me. She responds, you know, 11 out of 10 would get rejected again. <laughs> Um, but in terms of a, a game that has no <laughs> definitive end, a kind of game that's meant to be, you get better at it so that you can get better at it so that you can get better, blah, blah, blah. This game versus Spore. How are you feeling? Would you say that you liked this more less about the same? Did it strike you similar as Spore? That's so interesting that you just brought that up because maybe like 30 minutes ago as we were talking about it, I was like, wow, like the more I think about it, the more it kind of evolves like Spore. Mm. Uh, and I didn't even get that far. I'm just like from, from listening to both of you guys. In terms of like the creature? Uh, in well, in this one, it wouldn't be creature-wise. It would be like level-wise or like the way it like evolves as a game. I see what you're uh, saying, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up because I saw the similarity earlier. And I didn't see it as I was playing it. I saw it until like you guys started talking more about it. Do you think you're drawn to a game like Stardew Valley that has similar elements to Spore even without what I think you liked most in sport, which was the character creation tool, uh -huh. if it's just a kind of like, because here's what I'll say. I really was drawn to Stardew Valley more so than I was ever drawn to Animal Crossing. And I know you haven't played, or have you ever played Animal Crossing? I don't think so. It, it's kind of similar where you're building up a community and everything, but I, I never really got sucked into Animal Crossing the way I did into Stardew this most recent time. What do you time. do in that game? <laughs> Everyone looks at me. <laughs> I saw that Will was like, okay, I'm, I'm a real slut for Animal Crossing. Wait, but, but before you go off, I found this tweet. This tweet says, Animal Crossing, you pull out a fish you caught two minutes ago and everyone in town applauds you. Stardew Valley, you spend 19 days growing a <laughs> carrot and give it to a woman who disdainfully says, I don't want this, yet still takes your carrot. The carrot costs $2,000. <laughs> But how would you describe Animal Crossing? Um, well, the original Animal Crossings, the villagers used to be mean to you. They would like mm -hmm. heckle you, and like you'd you'd make a play date with them, and if you missed it, they would say they would ignore you. Actually, they wouldn't say anything. They would just like run away from you for a couple days, and then finally be like, "You really upset me. You were Damn. supposed to come over for a play wow. date, and you didn't. You like turn up head." Um, but now the newer game is much more soft and sweet and cute, and about like building a wholesome little island um tons of things to collect it's the same grind type mindset where um you can you can do whatever you want pretty much um the horizons are endless you can have new villagers move on to your your little island um you can restart your island from scratch without like 
having to necessarily get rid of all your items. There's a lot of ways to play, um, but it's very cutesy, and they took away all the attitudes pretty much in the newest games, so it's mostly wholesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I both this and Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is the most recent one, were big quarantine games. Yeah. Um, I had Animal Crossing for quarantine, and technically I had Stardew. I didn't really get into either of them, but I think... Part of the reason that I got more into Stardew than Animal Crossing is Animal Crossing, basically you do similar kind of stuff. You build up like uh, a little farm, you talk to people and stuff. But Animal Crossing always felt a little, maybe too gamey, honestly. And Stardew feels a little bit more realistic in the sense of you, like you plant crops the next season. If they're not the right crops for that season, they die. Yeah. It's a little bit more, I, I guess just realistic in the sense of like shit happens kind of a way. Like, it doesn't feel as hand-holding. Yeah, they talk about, like, mental health and, like, moving through trauma and grief. I feel like Animal Crossing wasn't necessarily the type of game that Stardew was for me. It was that it was released at a very appropriate time because it came out when quarantine was happening. And um, Animal Crossing has an online play option where you can visit your friends' uh, towns. So I feel like I logged as many hours as I did because I could visit with my friends without visiting with my friends. Mm-hmm. And it was an easier way to still be in touch with them and give them little presents and like be like, hey, I'm here, even though we right. weren't allowed to go outside. or Yeah. And, and that kind of connects to a lot of the reviews that I saw of Animal Cro- or uh, Stardew Valley were specifically that people seem to connect with the game a lot of people when they're at a very like dark time in their life yeah there were a lot of reviews that i saw that just were saying that it kind of pulled them out of a funk mm-hmm. um i don't know if the developer concerned ape had that in mind when he made it but and i've heard with like other dlc and stuff like some of the dialogue with the characters gets like really real yeah the more that you progress your relationships with the characters it's not just things that you can get from them when you get a higher level it's they start opening up to you and really like telling you what's going on in their lives and why they are the way that they are, why they talk the way they do, like why they're friends with certain people or not friends with certain people. Um, One of the ones that was a big one for me, um, like solidifying my love for the game was Shane, I believe, um, because he's pretty apathetic. He works at Joja Mart. He doesn't really like seem happy most of the time, but you find out that he's struggling with alcoholism and is really depressed um, when you further your relationship with him. And he sort of just like lays it out for you. Like I'm, I'm really trying, like I'm having a hard time and you can sort of give your input to him as a friend and choose how empathetic you want to be and how much of a friend you want to be to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's part of the realism that I mean, like, I kind of like that the flower dance, which has become kind of famous. So basically when you're kind of, what is it, like 15 days or something, maybe halfway through your first season? I think so. It's the first event that you get to really experience when you're in the game. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a dance with everybody in the game, and you can ask somebody to dance with you, but the game doesn't tell you that you have to be pretty, like familiar with that character i think like four hearts or something you have something to have. like that yeah. you have to have gifted them things and like talk to them yeah. a bunch of times and most people when they get to this flower dance for their first playthrough are not gonna have done that so you can go up to every single person at the dance and be like will you dance with me and they'll be like ew no like <laughs> fuck you essentially. i don't know you <laughs> yeah like sorry but i don't want to dance with you <laughs> and that's what i think i like about the game is that it's just so like 
so many games nowadays will kind of try to make the player just feel like a hero and like a like an amazing person no yeah. matter what but this game is kind of more just like no you have to put in the work you have to like do shit yeah, if you want to like cool. get anything from this game and yeah. with choosing choosing the joja mart route you can really pick if you want to be the villain you mm. don't have to be nice at all you can mm. really just like make the town go into a downward spiral and make it sad and not magical if you so choose <laughs> wow. uh well before we move on jose was there anything that really felt frustrating about this game was there anything you really would prefer was not in the game uh i mean i feel like everything is in the game for a reason but the one thing that did frustrate me was like whenever i would fall asleep randomly because of the energy right so i thought i was just gonna be able to go on and forever and ever just like cleaning the shit around my (laughs) my house but that is a brutal mechanic the energy depletes i think without that it would be like like a perfect time suck almost because there has to there has to be something frustrating about it because everything is so like smooth and i don't know that's a good thing to pick if for real has like it has to be there though for yeah yeah because like we there was a day where we were like okay we'll go into the mines but mm-hmm. then you had to clear a little bit more out of your land that almost drained all of your energy yeah. so you couldn't have survived in the mines mm-hmm. little stuff like that yeah. yeah it's this game is perfect at the like oh just one more day because the days go by pretty quickly just mm-hmm. that like oh let me just get one more day in before i log off it's perfect at that kind of structure yeah all right, cool. We're going to throw to another break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about how this game was received. I'm going to play a little game with Camila mm-hmm. and Jose. We'll be right back on the New Player Podcast. And we're back. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this game's reception. Received generally favorable reviews. It got an 89 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, IGN gave it a 9.5 out of 10, and Polygon gave it a 9 out of 10. This is a notable review from Carly Veloci. Stardew Valley isn't only about what you do, because ultimately you'll do a lot. It emphasizes what you do with what you're given, how you choose to build your community and relationships, and the power of a simple hello said every day. Building a farm isn't just a physical task, but an emotional one too. No simulation or game is an exact copy of what it's trying to emulate, but Stardew Valley, above all, expertly explores the connection that someone can have with their environment, their work, and the people around them. People praised a lot of uh, aspects of the game that you can do a lot of different things without kind of falling into a cycle of repetitive activities, which is kind of what you said, that it builds on itself without feeling like you're just clearing out your farm every day or you're just farming or you have to meet people. Like you can totally ignore meeting people if you want to. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack, he also did himself. It's an incredible soundtrack. Super, super good. They even offer it separately on Steam for you to buy. You can just buy the soundtrack. They praised that it was a single developer making himself just concerned apes story is really uh, impressive that it was a fleshed out NPCs people really liked people really connected to that same reviewer Carly Veloci she said uh, of the NPCs more than 30 intriguing characters populate the town including those you meet after unlocking new areas each has their own daily routines and relationships that you can discover. I noticed two people spending a lot of time together in the tavern and realized later that they spend time in each other's homes as well. One quest tasked me with finding a character's pants, which you discover in another woman's house. (laughs) These little details flesh out otherwise simple NPCs. Also, it's a good game for people on the spectrum that they found. That um, if, you know, maybe you're autistic or something, this game really connects with people. I even saw a Steam review that said, I think flat out, like, I have autism. I have autism and this game really connects with me. This is a reviewer called Umonty from Reddit, or Umonty Shield Bash. And they said, I love Stardew Valley. I think that Stardew Valley 
simple art style, flat, bright colors, calming, happy music, no mandatory adjectives, and lack of voices make Stardew Valley a great game for almost anyone on the spectrum. Whenever I'm stressed out or when I'm trying to get away from overactive thoughts and sensory input, I play Stardew Valley. It's easy to sink a couple hours into, and it can make those long couple hours when you're trying to get over just having a panic attack or when you're trying to get over sensory overload a lot faster. Stardew Valley basically becomes a time machine of relaxation and simple living to anyone who needs to take a break from it all. And I saw a couple comments like that, that for people on the spectrum, this is a very comforting game. Talk a little bit about the criticisms. Um, some don't think that the end game is well designed. I never got to the end game. Sounds like you didn't either, Camila, so none of us can really speak to that. Clunky combat system. I thought the combat system was fine. What did you think? I don't know. I think I think if it were less clunky, it wouldn't be as fun because then you would just be like killing all the, the bad guys real easily. Uh, one, I, like, I like a little bit of a challenge. The one thing I did catch, though, is when I, were, when I was like flipping positions, mm -hmm. it would, I had to back off, mm -hmm. stop, and then like flip. And that slowed me down. That made the creature be able to like hit me more. Like to face them. I feel yeah. like that's an old school mechanic that he kept in from like older games. Oh, okay. Um, it does feel very old school. Yeah. That fucking flying thing in the cave that circles around you. I know exactly what you're talking about because you keep trying to face the bug to mm -hmm. swipe him. Yeah. And then he'll go around back of you, and it takes forever to turn around to get him yeah. to swipe at him. That is a really tough mechanic. Game telling you where to go to get certain items or what to do. People felt like maybe. Uh, especially when first starting out, that it wasn't really clear what to do. Do you think you would have been able to suss out what you were supposed to do in the game if it hadn't been for us being there? Uh, I mean, apart from like the clearing out stuff and then interacting with people, I feel like maybe the interaction with people would like kind of bring you into the like the like them talking to you and telling you what to do. But I feel like I would have gotten lost pretty early on and lost interest in the game. I, I think you're right, because that's exactly when I stopped playing when mm -hmm. I got it, was I cleared out my farm, I planted the crops, and then I was like, what am I supposed, where am yeah. I supposed to go from here? For what? anyone just starting, I would really highly recommend the Stardew Valley Wiki, and they also have a Stardew Valley guidebook, which okay. like tells you everything down to the NPC's favorite foods and least favorite foods, so that you don't uh, jeopardize your relationship with them by giving them something that they hate. Oh, wow. Um, I have used the Stardew Wiki a lot. It's really helpful and just like there's so many things to remember. It's impossible to remember them all. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also the type of gamer that's not opposed to like little cheats now and then if it makes my gaming experience more fun. Um, so those tools make it a lot easier to just figure out where you want to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, speaking of like a simple cheat, I downloaded a mod um where anything you hover over in the game you click a button on your keyboard and it tells you how long it takes to grow if it's a crop who likes it what crafting is it used in it tells you everything about That's that really item. helpful and you could also click on an npc and it would say what do they love what do they like what do they hate and that opened up the game for me a lot because i didn't have to guess anymore mm -hmm. i could be like okay i have a daffodil click on it Penny loves this. I'd go give it to Penny, and then that would get me kind of points with Penny. Because, okay. yeah, the guesswork, I think, was one of the hardest things of mm -hmm. just being like, I'd give somebody a flower, and they'd be like, fuck off. They'd and there's be like, so many you. items, and yeah. the items change every season. There's different things to grow, different like items to pick up off the ground, and as you advance with the community center, even like you discover and are able to craft more, there's a lot in there. Okay. Yeah, so little mods like that help, but on Switch... 
you don't really have that benefit. And then some of the other negative reviews. Uh, so this was a Steam review from Crying Toilet Roll on Steam. <laughs> it just says, can't date moms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, almost all of the negative Steam reviews were either saying, stop looking for a negative re- review and just buy the game. <laughs> <laughs> or it was about how they got rejected at the flower dance. <laughs> and then some of the other uh, reception of this game. So it was inspired by Harvest Moon. And the creator kind of just wanted an even more fleshed out uh, Harvest Moon. where past the end game. You could still play it. And I'm really going to try to not butcher this name. Yasuhiro Wada, the creator of Harvest Moon. He said that Stardew Valley was, uh, he was very happy with the game and that it showed him that Harvest Moon was not a forgotten series and continued Mm -hmm. in spirit. So, I mean, that's like peak that you are inspired by something, you make it, not only do people connect with it and it helps them out of like depression and stuff, but the guy who created the thing that inspired you says, this is great. That's, I mean, welcome. What more could you want out of the thing that you make? Cherry on top. In pandemic, it was a really big thing too. Uh, this is from McKenna Kelly. Um, And this was, I believe, from The Verge. And this was the little thing she talked about pandemic gaming with Stardew. She said, living in New York City, I rarely get to enjoy the simple pleasures of fresh air and wide open pastures that I took for granted back home in Nebraska. It's part of the reason I've sunk so many hours into Stardew Valley over the past few years. Now that I'm staying indoors more and more and more because of the novel coronavirus pandemic, I've started picking up the game more often, talking about Stardew Valley. But it's more than just my longing to soak up the warm sun that drives me to play Stardew right now. Every time I open Twitter, I'm met with a waterfall of tweets and information about the virus. It's overwhelming to say the least, and I'd be lying if I said that scrolling through my feeds doesn't fill me with anxiety. Taking a break from social media and turning my attention to mental in-game tasks like planting and watering crops or fishing for snappers is therapeutic. I'm able to turn off the babbling of cable news and listen to Stardew Valley's calming soundtrack while I complete my farmerly tasks in a relaxing rhythm. Light a pine-scented candle to set the mood, open the game, and try to forget all about the pandemic sweeping across the world while you milk your cows and decorate your little cottage. And so I was in the middle of kind of first just getting into this game, and I recently had a follow on Twitter. This is a friend back in Louisiana. She This is through no fault of her own, but she will often retweet very uh, horrifying things that she comes across on Twitter. And I was playing Stardew. I opened up Twitter while like loading or something and she had retweeted something that she often retweets, which is uh, police shootings. She'll retweet very often and it's usually with very graphic videos. I personally don't want to watch it. It's kind of how she processes, which is fine, but it was a video of like a mother and her child getting like gunned down by police officers and going back into Stardew after that. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of escapism, but it was just such a like... I see what they're talking about with the virus where there's something terrible going on outside your door and you just kind of feel like Stardew is a nice little perfect idyllic utopian world, which is a little bit of tuning out, but I guess all video games are in a way. It's a warm hug. I found out that um, shortly after I fell in love with it, I was talking to one of my aunts about it and she's maybe 10 years older than me and she had a really, really rough first pregnancy and was like really sick it gave her gestational diabetes amongst other things and she pretty much couldn't leave the house too much and that's when she found stardew and it was sort of her like little comfort game while she was just feeling really horrible so it's it and no matter what you're dealing with it gives you like it's an embrace to open up the game and just like not have to think really because the the grind tasks aren't so hard where you're like having a hard time operating them it just like it you can be mindless and in the most calming peaceful ways 
Yeah. It's the perfect balance of you're you're doing things. Mm-hmm. You're like planting crops, you're scheduling, you're planning, but you're not it's it's he balanced it so perfectly to where it never feels like it's out of reach, but it's always just like this thing's done. I can move on to this thing. That thing's done. I can move on to this thing. He balanced it perfectly. Um, so a couple episodes ago, I cut our segment. Is it mindless entertainment or is it art? Mm-hmm. But I think this is a really good game to have that talk. Yeah. Do you think, Jose, that this is mindless entertainment or do you think it is more artistic? I think it's art that can become mindless entertainment if you're not careful. Mm. So our usual answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Camila? Um, I think it's art. I have loved Stardew for a long time now, um, almost 10 years. Um, in three years, it'll be 10 years. Um, and he keeps developing the game. He keeps adding little patches and giving love to the game. Um, I have the Stardew Valley board game now, which I haven't played yet, but it's a really in-depth board game. And he put just as much effort into the board game as he did with the video game. And I'm excited to like read the manual of instructions it's a big instruction book and that's mm. really why i haven't played yet um i'm itching to get my hands on the vinyls because they have mm. a special edition oh, vinyl wow. record presses that's of cool. the the score of the game yeah. um there's so much to it and so many different ways to incorporate stardew into your life i it's definitely art for me yeah i i would go firmly on the art side too and and i think that this is one that has a really good argument for being mindless entertainment because of that one more day you're doing tasks that are so analogous to real world tasks mm-hmm. like farming or like building relationships with people, which is like such a video game cliche of I married my in-game girlfriend or something like that. But I, I do think that there's so much care was put into it and that maybe if it wasn't made by a single person, I wouldn't go as hard into art. Yeah. But the fact that this was one guy's vision, I think really puts it. Also, the the dialogue puts it over the edge for me because if it had dialogue like Animal Crossing and was just like one-sided and flat, I wouldn't call it art. But the dialogue is so well thought out and really explores like true humanity that also puts it to the art side for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, Jose, think that you got too many opportunities with like the being able to respond to NPCs, Mm -hmm. but there are some moments where like the um linus the character who he lives in like a tent i think yeah outside he's, of... he's experiencing homelessness and yeah. he's trying to get by and there's a there's a cut scene where he's rummaging through garbage and one of the characters comes out of their homes and yells at him for it and then he comes up to you and he's like do you think what i'm doing is wrong like do you think i should be oh, rummaging uh... through the task the trash and you have options of how you can respond you can be like i don't think you should be doing this or you can be like no i think that food shouldn't go to waste if you find any food in the trash or there's like, you know, kind of a middle answer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those moments, I think, really elevate the game. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so that mindless entertainment for art thing, we'll see where it comes back up. We'll never know what happens to that thing. <laughs> it just won't die. But uh, but we're going to move on to a game. All right, so hopefully I explain this in kind of a coherent way. Let me know. So for past games, we've alternated uh, between each of you. This is going to be a little different where you're going to buzz in with your name. Okay. So there are 26 videos on the developer Concerned Apes YouTube channel. 23 of them are related to Stardew Valley. They're like patch notes, trailers for the console, the Switch game, everything like that. And then they're also for his uh, Haunted Chocolatier game. There's some like uh, just close-ups of him doing music and stuff. But the first three videos that he uploaded have nothing to do with Stardew Valley, (laughs) game development, anything. (laughs) They are extremely random. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the title of the video. I'm going to tell you how long it is. And then I'm going to read you a description, three different descriptions mm -hmm. of the video. And you're going to have to guess which description is his video. Okay. But here's the thing. The other descriptions I didn't just make up. I Googled the title of, or not Googled, I put into YouTube the title of those videos. Oh. And these are three real other videos or two real other videos that okay. come up for this thing. Okay. But only one is his actual video. And okay. how do we call this? Call the game. How do we call it? Like it was, whether it's. Do we just say our name? Yeah, so I'm going to read all three descriptions. I'm going to let you think. Uh -huh. And then you're going to buzz in with your name when you think you have the answer. So you say Jose? Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to guess it. Now, if you get it wrong, so let's say Jose buzzes in, he gets it wrong. Uh -huh. The other person, Camila, can guess for half a point. Okay. And that's how we'll kind of handle a tiebreak okay. situation. Okay. Aaron, can you keep scoring? This is going to be hard. I'm excited. Okay. Aaron's going to keep scoring. Okay, perfect. All right. So the first video is called Duck. <laughs> it was uploaded on april 22nd 2010 so this is his video all this information that i'm saying and it is 14 seconds long that uh -huh. is his video here are the three descriptions i'm going to read them all and then you can buzz in first description a duck walks down venice boardwalk second description a duck quacks loudly until it is given ice water then it gets quiet and drinks third description a stock photo of a duck has different transitions and effects applied to it while upbeat music plays. Jose. Okay. Uh, the last one. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out for 2010 YouTube. Yeah. That was very hard because duck comes up with so many fucking like TikTok style videos. Oh All right. Jose has a point. Uh, okay. For this next one, I'll read the third one and then I'll say the floor is open and then y'all can do it. Okay. All right. The next video is called Puffhead getting a little bit harder it was uploaded on july 11th 2010 and it is 23 seconds long number one a black and white video where a man wearing a pillow on his head sways back and forth to soothing guitar music number two a short horror animation featuring a short figure with a cue ball shaped head he enters a room and a tv blasts sound at him and then he dies number three a bald man standing behind a kid sings a song to the camera about how it's time to give him a haircut. Camila. The floor is open. Camila. Oh, fuck. Camila. <laughs> the first one. The first one is correct. Okay. It is, uh, he, it's very odd. He's like wearing a pillow on top of his head, moving back and forth in what looks like a studio or something, and just super chill music Vibing. is playing in the background. The yeah. All right, we're all tied up. This is the third and final one. This is tricky. It's called March 5th. 2011 it was uploaded on march 5th 2011 it is 52 seconds long number one a best man slideshow for a wedding describing the bride and groom's lives and how they met number two a fast food employee sits in the back room of a restaurant of the restaurant he works at and stares into the camera with a blank look on his face as the song celebration plays in the background number three a South Korean woman in workout gear plays with and poses on a yoga ball while the weather for American cities is displayed next to her. The floor is open. Jose. Yes. Two. That is correct. Wow, this game was way <laughs> easier job. than I thought it would be. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I just want to say about the South Korean video, it is fucking wild. <laughs> I, I put down the dialogue that the woman says as she's playing with this exercise ball and the weather is displayed. She says, are you tired? I am the Saturday girl, Umi. Today is March 5th, 2011. Do you have a date tonight? Let's yoga together. That's it. Good job. Don't forget, I am your Saturday girl, Umi. 
and that's the video. What the fuck? It's fucking creepy. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I thought that would be harder. You Jose wins. Weird place. <laughs> Jose wins. Uh, your prize is you have to beat Stardew Valley. Um, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Jose, this game takes about, I don't know how accurate this is. This uh, website, how long to beat, can give some wild answers. It says 52.5 hours to beat, which I'm assuming means restoring the community center. 52 hours maybe if you're like only doing like well like what is it what is considered beating like having your grandfather come or winning the community center the way the way they phrase it is focusing on main objectives which could be anything really i don't know i think my first game i clocked like 106 hours oh wow okay and i didn't even make it to the grandfather so i feel like it's hard to say because depending on how you want to play there's different outcomes so i guess just would you ever touch this game again i think so okay yeah yeah. just kind of the what what do you think would bring you back to it as opposed to another game that it might not uh well all the stuff that you guys are saying that there's like more to i definitely want to check all that stuff out be able to have different farms that is so scary holy shit alexa shut up does she do that often no (laughs) that scared the fuck out of me that's really creepy what was she saying something about voter registration she just narked you alexa you fucking psycho (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was kylie for a second is kylie talking to us I was like, where the fuck is that coming from? I thought you were talking for a second. I was like, wait, what is going on? Um, okay. I forgot what I was Starting saying. Starting great. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's talk a little bit about the ranking list. Number one, and I'm going to hand this to Jose. Uh, Jose, actually, do you want to read out your ranking list as it stands right now? Number one is Spore. Number two is Mortal Kombat. Three is Open. Four, S is Tricky. 5, TMNT, Hyperstone Heist, 6, Sonic, 3, and Knuckles, 7, Skate 3, 8, is Open, 9, Metal Gear Solid, and 10, is Open. Where are you putting Stardew Valley? And you can move anything else you want to. Uh, Jose is moving the cursor. He's about to type. He's highlighting TMNT, Hyperstone oh, Heist. Goodness. He is... He put Hyperstone Heist at number 3. <gasps> He's typing the number 4. What's this game called? Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> we have good odds. Uh, how do you spell that? Star. Do. No space. Well, no, okay. Valley. Space Valley. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I just realized. Oh, please tell me you typed S T A R D O. A Stardew. Stardew. R D O. D E W. Yeah. D E W. Yeah. I think I might have subconsciously ordered Chicken Stars because of Stardew. Oh, shit. Yeah, we also got Carl's Jr. in between the break. Or Hardee's if you're in the Midwest. Okay. Jose has returned the laptop, and this is what he put. Number one, we have Spore. Has not been beaten. Number two, Mortal Kombat X. Number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. Where did that come from? <laughs> did you connect that closely with that game? I actually, I remember how uh, how much fun I was having with it, and it was, it was okay. Like, okay, hell yeah! There's All right. always got to be one of those. Yeah, <laughs> comes back, uh, Dark Horse coming uh, towards the end. Number four, Camila Stardew Valley. That's broke, a win for me. You broke the top <laughs> top five. SSX Tricky coming in at number five. Sonic Three and Knuckles at number six. Sorry, Aaron. 
Skate 3 coming in at number 7. Get fucked, Cameron. 8 <laughs> is still open. Metal Gear Solid is at number 9. Get fucked, Eric. <laughs> and number 10 is open. So we've still got God of War and Unannounced uh, for our next two episodes. So we'll see where those two fall. Um, but man, thrilling ranking, Jose. Camila, what are you playing right now? Right now? Um... Mm-hmm. I'm playing this game called Cozy Grove, and you're like a little Girl Scout that gets dropped off on what looks like a deserted island, but it turns out it's very populated with ghost bears, and <laughs> you have to do their little tasks and help them like restore their life balance so they can appear and restore the island again. Um, but the way that it works is you can't find all the items at the same time. So it sort of forces you to not grind. And it tells you like, if you're not finding this, um, close out the game and come back later, like give it a little pause. So it's a very, very, very slow burn. And the type of game where you can check in maybe like once or twice a day for 10, 15 minutes. Um, and the art style is really cute. It looks like it's like maybe hand drawn with like colored pencils or something um but that's been my my current little little game are the bears dead i mean they're they're ghost bears i think oh. yes i think they did die do they like, do they how? do they look like bears do they, they do they're like have you played or do you know about alpha bear at all no. they're very they're cute like cube shaped like little chunky chunky bear boys the end girls there's all sorts of bears on the island i don't know <laughs> if there's other creatures i know there's a dlc where you can buy more bear neighbors i think that's just if you like just need more <laughs> bears <laughs> so i remember you were really into was it breakfast bears bed and breakfast bears um, it was bear and breakfast. I, I don't have bear like breakfast. bears aren't my favorite animal. I just I'm just really playing a lot of I bear games say, right I'm, now. I'm sorry to put the furry and the bear together. No. <laughs> no, no, I swear it's just it's just indie games are so cute. I'm also playing Cult of the Lamb, which is like where you're I've like heard that game's great. a little evil lamb like collecting cult members. <laughs> also, I can't believe it didn't come up before, but Camila is dressed in a bear costume right now. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, even though even though you guys can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it would help the record, the spirit of the record. <laughs> Jose or Camila, do you all have anything you would like to plug? Not this time, actually. Okay. I don't have anything either. Camila, it's up to you. Um, I'll plug my socials. I'm as told by Mila, Mila with one L, M-I-L-A. Um, on all socials, I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, sometimes I make funnies on TikTok, but anytime I do something like artsy or fun it goes on any of my pages amazing digital design makeup great great follow definitely recommend thank you um but to back it up a little bit a second aaron what are you playing producer aaron coming in oh producer that's pretty fancy um (laughs) well i can't remember the 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 last time i mentioned it i just finished a really uh it's not at old school but mid-2000s jrpg uh rogue galaxy Okay. Uh, I was in the depths of the the PlayStation Network library, and now I am getting into the Crash Insane trilogy and um, trying not to throw my controller at, my, at the <laughs> wall, just <laughs> dying so many times. I love that trilogy. It's such a good remaster. And, and also, just the PlayStation Network has such a good just back catalog of random shit that you can find. All right, sweet. Well, I've heard all I need to hear. I think that's going to be it for our conversation on Stardew Valley. Thank you, Camila, for stopping by. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Hell yeah. Jose? We have one more episode left. 
and then you're going to be a true gamer. <laughs> I gave you a Switch for a week and you didn't touch it, so I don't, we're definitely going to have to do a season two. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe by next week you'll have a fucking Zelda tattoo or something. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, that's going to be it. See you all next time. Bye. Peace out.